It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Unapologetic. I'm Will Posnan. I'm joined by uh, WNBA center Kia Stokes. Here. And <laughs> NBA guard Mike Mulder. What up, y'all? And our guest today is uh, Dallas Wings all-star Satu Sabali. What's up, y'all? Thanks uh, Thanks for coming on. So you're, uh, you're unique in that. Are you the only German player in the WNBA? Uh, so Marie Gillish is with LA, but she didn't decide to come over this year. So technically the second in the W. So I just, that was where I wanted to start was, I'm just so curious about what it's like when you're, like when you're kind of your country's prospect for the NBA or WNBA, like it kind of reminds me of like what Dirk had, what Giannis is going through right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, your teammate Awak is kind of in a similar situation uh, for Finland. So I just, what's that like? Like how young <laughs> are you kind of told, hey, you're the number one prospect in the country? It's really crazy. You know, leading up to this moment, a lot of people have always said, oh, like you could be the next Dirk. You could be the next Dirk. But I'm I'm always more on the more humble side. I, I always like to say, but then there's Maxi, there's Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> you know, all these people in the uh, in the NBA who I always look up to. But it's definitely cool to be that person on the women's side. I think that I'm working hard for it, and you know, just playing overseas in Europe and playing here gives a lot of attention to women's basketball, and I can tell that it has definitely changed you know, people from Germany reaching out to me more often, how they can watch the games, how they can access everything um, to watch it for the kids, the jerseys, you know, like people in Germany can't really access that in an easy way. You know, Kiki, when when we're overseas, it's hard to just keep up with the life in America, but they're trying. And I think that's really good that I'm the person for that. Well, now I was going to go in the direction of like, is it a club system and stuff over there? But let's go straight to mm. your friendship with Kia. And are you the only person that calls her Kiki <laughs> on the planet? Am I? I don't know. I feel like everyone called her Kiki last year and I just kept going because we had, so, we had so two here's Kias. The thing. Here's the thing. When I was little, my brother would just call me Lil Kiki and that was just me and him kind of thing, right? And I don't know what happened, but me and Kia Vaughn started playing on the same team overseas. And of course, you know, these Turks just can't say Kia Vaughn and Kia Stokes. They just can't say Vaughn or Stokes. It's got to be Kia and Kiki, and I just happen to be Kiki. So now it's like overseas, everyone call me Kiki, and at home, everyone just calls me Kia or Stokes. Like this, and then Satu, she just, she knows me as Kiki because we wasn't cool in the summer before mm-hmm. I met her. Right, and now right. it's Kiki. In <laughs> a most annoying oh tone, God. too. Kiki. So how does that but happen? Because, yeah, so. like, Satu, you were the rookie last year for Fenner. And mm-hmm. how did you guys end up being friends like this? <laughs> it was actually really funny. We both came later. Um, the team was in Kayseri. That's a Turkish mm-hmm. city. 
And they were there for a little tournament and we just hopped on a bus um, and had to catch a flight to go to that city. And we're just like, hey, what's up? And we met in a bubble one time, real short, but I I didn't really put together that we would play with each other. Like I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> she she was like, we were gonna <laughs> We was in the bubble and she was like, hey, do you have a do you have a swipe for the gate? And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah. And then I was trying to, because I know I was going to play with her. I was like, oh, good game yesterday, because we had just played there. She was like, thanks. And I was like, all right, bitch, bye then. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, clearly she doesn't know that we're going to be on the same team. But yeah, and it was funny because our GM out here um, basically told her, like, don't hang around me because I'd be out too much. <laughs> but I was like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and then it was fine. I told her. I told her I told her some stories of how I got in trouble a couple times and she just laughed and then we was friends from there. Basically. <laughs> right. That's that's really nice. I wonder what I'm gonna have to edit out. <laughs> right. I was like, nah, she's just telling on herself. But it's really not that <laughs> like it's really just like go, li really living a normal life and having fun. And I think that a lot of times, especially because I'm a rookie, they just I don't know what it is about well, me, but they love to baby me. Well, <laughs> you you're know? not a rookie anymore. You're you're like, you're like my daughter. My daughter's trying to stay a baby because we just had another one. You're trying uh, to stay a rookie. Like, oh no! Oh, I, treat me like me. a rookie. Mm -mm. No, <laughs> no. I'm I'm definitely I'm excited that it's my second year now overseas, and I really can't wait. Like that's just a good squad that we have, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing them all again. So. Um, I follow you on social media. Uh, mm -hmm. I see you post like Muhammad Ali quotes sometimes. Are you a big fan of his? Yeah, I definitely am. And, and why uh, Why uh, do you feel so connected to him? I think he's just this great personality in time, you know, in our history, especially black history that has stood up to a system as an athlete where he was not given the the media platforms like we have now, you know, he had to really acquire all that knowledge by himself and he, he converted to Islam. And I think that that was a really big step for him to even clarify his own identity, know what he stands for know what he wants to do for his people, for himself. And, you know, when he decided to not fight a war for, um, people who don't protect him in his own country, you know, the United States, it was, that, that has always sparked an interest for me and him because I was just like, wow, how do you, how do you have that, that power and strength to do that as an athlete? Because, you know, oftentimes we're just being told what we do and we do it. You know, we, we've done this since, I don't even know, since we we're six years old, uh, we get um, exercises to do here and here and here. So when you exit that uh, sports world and actively try to change something outside, it, it just shows a lot of strength. And I love that about Muhammad Ali. I think that he's a great person. I was in, in this museum for like four or five hours and I just couldn't stop leaving because I would just Damn. read everything. Yeah, no, it was, I was really nerdy in that point, but I just, I just love his story and it's just dope. I, I mean, I get it. I think that there's a lot of similarities to the way he used sports and the way that the WNBA is using sports. Right. Um, and that was why I'm just really curious what it's like for you as one of the faces of the Dallas Wings. I feel like you and Enrique right now are the face of the Dallas Wings. And Texas is, you know, 
I mean, I can I can frame how I feel about what Texas is going through. I was curious mm -hmm. how you as as somebody who lives there, how would you frame what Texas is going through right now? Uh, crisis. <laughs> That's how I feel too. It's really an infringement on rights. It's an infringement in the decision of what you can do with your own body or not. I think that, you know, a lot of things right now resolving around abortion uh, has the topic abortion as healthcare to me. I don't think that, you know, I, first of all, I think that there are a lot of different topics that um, we could provide women to actually have a better life, but Oftentimes in society, it feels like we fight for something and then something else is taken away from us that we need to focus on. So there's it's always hard for women, black women, because people in underdeveloped, you know, in underdeveloped communities are going to suffer so much more than me, for example, who could just travel out the country. I'm going to be, you know, like I yeah. people with financial abilities, they have different opportunities. And I think those opportunities of free choice are taken away of women, of communities when those bills are put into place. And I think that is totally wrong. I think there are different priorities as well. And I think that we could provide a lot more healthcare in America because I know how it is in Germany and it's absolutely different as it should be. So I say it's a bullshit and that's kind of it was, yeah. yeah, it was really interesting. I was talking to um, a pastor, I actually, I know from Oregon and we're good friends with his family, like my sister and I, and super nice. And I just wanted to know, cause I'm a really curious person. I just wanted to know how it is from the religious standpoint, right? I was, I asked him cause it was really nagging on my heart. You know, I was really sad about it. I was like, so what do you think about it? Cause I really love him. They're a great family. And he has just this great spirit about it. And I'm not Christian, but I want to know what what his views is. And he said, it's really hard to determine the, the starting point of when life starts. And that is the debate around it. You know, it's like for centuries we've said, okay, well, for years our technology isn't more advanced. So now we can determine life at the first heartbeat. It's a lot earlier. The heart, heartbeat is you when most of the women don't even know they're pregnant. So their lives are going to change for something that they were not aware of, for something that women are most of the time forced to take precautions and not men, you know, like when we talk about um, protection and sex, that, that totally goes further, you know, like we, for, for years, there's only been, how do you protect yourself to get pregnant? Not how do you protect yourself to get someone pregnant except with a condom. You know? Oh yeah, no, Texas has never considered mandatory vasectomies. And yeah, like that would that would totally be outrageous. So if a group of women be like, let's let's have mandatory vasectomies, obviously the total different uh, viewpoint, and yeah, you could totally be, go to the extreme. Yeah. But I think it's really interesting to see what other people's viewpoints are. And I, but I still think you don't have the choice to make it. You know, if you don't have your own choice, what kind of how human are you really? You know, how, what kind of human, humanity is striped away from you when people determine what you have to do with the next nine months of your life, with the next years of your life? You know, are you going to adopt? You really have to think about adoption now or you have to think about keeping the child and changing your own life path. And we all know who was the primary caretaker in most cases. So, yeah, it's just a lot of things. No, for sure. I mean, last week, uh, Kia got it on the front of my mind because she was comparing 
like the vaccine protocol. And, you know, Texas is all libertarian when it comes to the vaccine. And then oh, you yeah, would think that like Texas-ish. what happens inside somebody's body would be a libertarian issue. But with abortion, wow. you know, they're the opposite. They're kind of militant at controlling the bodies of their poor female citizens. Yeah, it's really it's really pick and choose. Like that's not it's not pro-life to me at all. It's not pro-life at all. And when you to me, pro-life is a personal choice. Like, oh, I'm pro-life for myself, not I'm pro-life for exactly. Right. Exactly. And the kid, like you don't you don't know how the kid will deal with the whole situation. You know, if you if you're an unwanted kid, I think that you 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 will struggle for the rest of your life with it too if you're not taken care of the right way and sheltered like you should be. Yeah, I mean, I know women who, you know, they got an abortion young and then later on they had a kid. Right, me too. They have more, yeah. they have more resources later on and mm-hmm. they always, they get to be the mother that they always wanted to be. But if they were forced to have that kid too young, now they're like behind the eight ball for 10 years and they never really get to be the mother that they want to be. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, in light of all that, how does it, how is it going to make you feel moving forward? to wear a jersey that says Texas on it. Because the Dallas Wings, yeah. one of your jerseys says Texas big across the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've been uh, definitely thinking about that. It, it's it's awkward, you know, to live in a to live in a state where you feel like you don't, uh, you're not really free if you wouldn't have, I guess, money. I guess that's what it is, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, or freer, you know, I'm still a woman and I'm still a black woman, I guess, here in Texas. But I do I do stand behind the team. I love my team. I love the organization. And I think that we're going to be really, really good. And I think that, you know, if people like me are on the team, people like Arike, people like Isabel Harrison, who who really stand for the strength of women and the power of women, I think that we are representation and we need to be in this field. You know, we need to stand for a better Texas. And when Texas is across our chest, we don't stand, we stand for abortion as healthcare. We don't stand for, oh, don't take all the women's choices away. You know, I think we, we will, <laughs> I'm really being dramatic here, but no, I'm really saying like, we're gonna redefine what Texas really means for ourselves and for, for our fans. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I feel bad. I, I never want to be in Texas because we could go to Washington and find the other problems too. No, I, I hear that. And I think mm-hmm. like if, you know, sports is such a big thing in Texas. Like if if all the sports was united on this, I think it would be a really big deal. Right, right. I agree. And I think the W really does a good job of that. You know, we have we have great people in the WNBPA who take great care of us and who provide us the resources and the knowledge, which is really amazing to to take those steps and you know to be more actively engaged. Have there been conversations about stuff the Wings might do next year in regards to this? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that there are a lot more conversation around even knowing about it, I think that the educational aspect needs to be a lot more, you know, and I think that the rights change for us too. So we should be educated about it as well. You know, when you draft players, when um, when you get people into a state of, at first, a lot of things are happening. When you get drafted, you don't think about that part, you know, but when you, when you actively live in a, in, in a state, you will, you will get to know it better. And I think that Dallas will do a better job and a good job 
um, per se, because they do talk about it with us, um, about providing the knowledge and even creating connections to the community as well. It's, it's a difficult topic for sure, but it's good that it's good that you guys are educated on it and the players know um, and have enough to, to have a good conversation about it and really bring attention to that because um, it is an issue. So um, it's good that you guys can use your platform and your voices to impact change in that regard for sure. Right, right. All right, so we're gonna move to something a lot less serious. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the pressures yes. of being, of being, you know, the face of a of basketball for a country, and uh, we're gonna talk about one, maybe two people who are in that situation for. Let's let's keep it to one who's in that situation for Australia. Uh, we're mm -hmm. gonna talk right now about Ben Simmons. He's the face of Australian basketball, and. Uh, He's the talk of the NBA world. And, you know, Kia, let's let's start with you. What do you what do you think of the current status of the Ben Simmons uh, thing? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a tough situation all around. Um, I think the last thing because I'm don't follow it necessarily heavily. I just, you know, see what's on social media. And I feel like the last thing I seen was he wants to take a step back for mental health reasons. Is that correct? Or did I miss something yes. else in there? Yeah. So that's the, okay. he addressed the team. He said he's taking a step back for mental health. Okay. And so I am a big believer. Like if you really are going through some things, you need to take a break. And I like believe mental health is real. If you're not fully like committed, if you're going through something like, it's okay to take that step back. I will say I do feel like sometimes people can try to use it as a cop-out. I'm not saying he is, but I'm just saying because because it's so real, like you can't question somebody when they say that. But like I said, if it's real and he needs to take the time, I'm all for it. Like, do what you got to do. I think I saw somebody tweet was like, that's our brother. Was it Tobias Harris? That's maybe? Tobias Harris, I saw yeah. Somebody. yeah. He's like, that's our brother. You know, we're going to support him when he's ready. Da, 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 da. And I think that was a great way to stick up for your teammate, as I think all his teammates should do. And when he's ready, he's ready. And that's kind of my stance on that. You know, you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. If he's not ready, then he's not ready. And that's that. I mean, I could totally see how his mental health would be affected over the last few weeks, few months. Um, obviously, the things that are going on with him in Philly, I could see how that would be stressful and, and cause some sort of anxieties to his life. So. Um, like I can relate to him in that regard. Um, like the world it can be heavy sometimes. So I definitely feel that. But it, it's an unfair, it's an unfortunate situation all around. Um, you know, him not him not wanting to be in Philly and kind of being stuck, um, being kind of unable to get out of this contract and, and unable to to move around obviously has led to him to make some some different type of decisions. But um, to be honest, I think it, it's been a little bit mishandled. Um, and that's on both sides. Like I think I think some of these conversations should have never been made public. Um, in regards to what he wanted, or how he felt. everything, everything these days, <laughs> like, you can't, you can't avoid, you can't avoid uh, that. And everything's public these days. So that, that's why I did like what Tobias said, Kia. Um, like, I know, I know Tobias a little bit. I was a teammates with his brother. Um, so like, I know these guys are, are well thought and, and smart guys. Um, and he was a great teammate to me. So um, it was great that, that he stood up for his teammate and kind of was like, and we're going to give him privacy and let him deal with it on his own. And when he's ready, we're going to embrace him. Um, like that was an important statement from from a key player of that team, and I think that was that was important in the you know continued growth for that for that team and that organization. Um, I think that's the approach that should have been brought from the start. 
uh, we might not have such a deep problem. But I, I do think it's unfortunate on Ben's side, um, the way it's going, like, okay, so I'm, I'm in a situation where I don't, I don't really want to be here, um, but it's, it's kind of time to show up to work. Um, I think he, he mishandled that a little bit. Um, going, You guys saw him like going to practice and not being engaged. And it's like, you know, one domino after another, is, he seems to fall. Um, and, you know, you can't you can't hide from from blame on both sides. I think it was obviously mishandled by the team. Um, but I also think he's not really going about it the right way as well. Um, I think last time we discussed it, it was a lot earlier on. Um, it was back in the summer kind of after after the finals and, and after the uh, playoff run. And I was kind of like, um, yeah, you know, I feel like I feel like he's supposed to, you know, be there for his teammates regardless. Um, sorry, my phone keep ringing, but I think he's supposed to be there for his teammates regardless. And, and for him to, you know, obviously sit through camp and then show up to practice when he finally has to. And he's kind of disengaged. You know, it looks like he's got his phone in his pocket. He don't really want to hop in drills. Um, I don't think that's really the the right way to approach it either. Um, you know, obviously, I'm sure his emotions and, and the way he's feeling are, are not necessarily positive towards team teammates, staff members in Philly, whatever's going on. Um, but you kind of got to put that aside and hoop and, and be a good teammate. So um, all in all, like I just kind of think that the, that the situation is kind of it's super unfortunate on both sides, um, especially the way that internally, like him and Joel and these guys, they don't seem to be getting along right. Um, and that causes huge friction and huge negative energy on a practice or whatever the team's going through. So I think the whole the whole thing's just really going bad right now, honestly. Yeah, I'm like, I'm always the kind of person I love to see the human side of it. You know, I'm always I'm <laughs> always peaky well, roll her eyes. But I'm I'm always like, man, it's sad. He loves basketball. He is an NBA player. He made it all the way from Australia to the league. And maybe it's slipping away right now for him, but I do, I do agree. It's, it's both people, but whenever I try to like find the starting point of it, and it's probably not even the starting point. There was other stuff brewing. We don't know everything. That's also my take. We don't know what happened in the locker room. We don't know what they said to each other. Although we seem to know everything, we, we really don't know anything. And, you know, everyone voicing their opinion and stuff. So, you know, when he when he didn't take that last layup or that last shot that could have won the game or whatever, I feel like everything just went to shit after that. It was catastrophic. The fans bashed him, right? You have to think about how you feel. You know, when you miss a game-winning layup, you feel like the last person on earth. And you, it's an NBA, you know, like there's a lot of money involved. You want to make this layup, but something must have not clicked right <laughs> and and then it just it was so chaotic and the didn't have his back the fans didn't have his back it was all shitty he wanted to leave and I'm like I never felt like Philly really had his back for the whole time and in my opinion when I'm like that you know what no I don't want to be here I don't want to be here with fans might risk get booed on the court you know but he also he also did all that in practice. You know, he came, he showed a bad attitude, but if he, if he would have practiced hundred percent and he would have played would the fans still have booed him, I bet that's still in his, in his head. You know, I think that a lot of times people forget how it feels for the athlete to actually prepare and step on the court. There's so many things that go into it besides just standing on the court and playing for all these people, people who hate you. And I don't even know if they really do, but now they do. 
and I can understand why why he said his mental health is is um, you know not good right now because he he probably knows that he put himself into the situation to a certain point because he's not a dumb person. He knows it. But I think that what he needs to do is just get some help. You know, like he he needs he needs um, therapy. He needs to talk with someone if he's not doing that already and just do the right things. I do think, you know, if Philly isn't getting rid of him, you can't go anywhere else. So try to try to make the best out of your situation and just um, try to come on, out and hoop. But it's so hard. It's such a different business. But he has to. So, so what I'm hearing from all of you is that it sounds like it's a toxic workplace problem, whether mm -hmm. he's whether he's like contributing to, to the toxicity or not. And I think, Kia, that's why when you talked about how sometimes it feels like people are faking it, I think that sometimes it's really tough in workplaces because one person is getting the brunt of the toxicity and everybody else is kind of like it's normal for them. So they're like, oh, this environment's not rough for me. Right. But. And and you know what I was I was wondering if you if you guys felt like um, this debate around mental health and toxic workplaces if it only right now is extending to star athletes like is there an imbalance right now like for example if Patrick Beverly on the Timberwolves felt like it was toxic for him would anybody care like what what do you guys feel about that idea. I, th oh, um, yeah, I think that star uh, players might say... have more pressure. Oh, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, Wait, no, is this no, go no, ahead no. for real or go ahead, go ahead? No, no, no. I, uh, I mean, I'm just saying like star players, I think they have more public pressure, but players who are on the bench, you know, and work every single day hard to get, even get a minute on the court, they they suffer too. And th I think that it's it's equal all around. One is more in the public eye. And the other one is not, but the people in the back end, they might lose their job if they speak up, you know, like it, that's, yeah. that's the problem about it. And I, I think that's the problem about how willing are you say you have, you have something going on with your mental health. And I'm not even going to lie. Like this summer, I was really struggling. I was like, at one point I couldn't even get into the gym. Cause I was like, my Achilles was hurting. I was just overwhelmed by everything. And I really had to say, okay, I can't, I literally can't come into the gym today. And I was there and it was just, I felt like I was being pressured by everything and everyone. So I just had to kind of take a step out of, out of that environment and just clear my head for a second. Like I really had to just clear my head for a second and then, then it was okay. And, and not everyone is okay right away again. But as soon as you feel that is getting to that point, it's serious. And I do think, I can totally see how Ben is also suffering from that. Uh, I was just going to say, like, the whoever the star player is is going to get, you know, majority of the attention, and that's mm -hmm. what the people are going to care about. That's what people are going to be interested in. But you yeah. could be, you know, the 12th, 15th man on the team going through a whole bunch of stuff. But if even it's like, let's say come out with a Players' Tribune article about, like, your mental health or whatever – Chances are, like, you might not get the same amount of attention as if, you know, the starter a starter would get. So I feel like people who aren't necessarily in the limelight as much kind of keep it to themselves. Um, but also, I just feel like social media fan base, they don't, they don't really care if it's not about the starters. Like, they want the drama. They want the gossip. They don't they care. Want the tea. 
But yeah, so I think, you know, it just, it's one of those things, like, it's not really fair. I, everyone goes through something at some point in their life, you know, it might be many to some person, but it could be like this person's whole world, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, like I said, we don't know what's going on. We don't know, we're not in their shoes. Like we're all going through our own thing. It's just like, kind of sucks. Like it just sucks. And then once it's amplified, I just feel like it makes it a million times worse. Right. Cause now it's like, now it's gonna be like, okay, well, how's he gonna get over this? Or is he gonna be the same player when he gets back? Now people are having all these right. theories about what's going on, what he's gonna do. What are the Sixers gonna do? Are they gonna go to shit? What's the organization gonna do? Like there's too much going on. Like I think everybody just need to like press pause, and let them handle their business and then come back. And I wonder how it affects his life. Like he can't even go to a cafe, you know, without everybody looking at him, thinking Absolutely. about this. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Philly, Philly's not a forgiving city, man. Um, <laughs> like they're not a they're not a forgiving fan base. So, um, like I I understand. Like I said, him going through something right now. Um, I don't think I don't think we can really realize uh, the type of pressure he's probably under right now in the city of Philly. Where you know, it, like you said, everywhere he goes, the guy wants to go get a sandwich, and people are asking him about the playoffs last year. And, and you know, mm -hmm. he's not getting the same love he was getting when he first got there. That's for sure. And uh, like you said, obviously, you could be the back of the bench guy. And it's like, you, you might not really want to say too much. Like, I don't feel like I could take days off because of my mental health. Like, I don't feel like that's in the cards. Um, exactly. And it's like, you know, if I, if I did have that conversation though, um, and I did say, hey, to my team, you know, hey, I'm going through something right now. Um, I, I think I just need to step back and deal with that. I think that conversation obviously wouldn't go much further than my locker room, in, in mm -hmm. which is different with a guy like Ben Simmons or a guy who's the face of a team. Um, you know, obviously that conversation is, is going to be blown up and, and talked about around the world. Right. So um, obviously there's definitely a different different level of pressure on on the star players who are going through mental things um, and a, a different type of pressure um, than obviously the, the 15th man on the roster. So um, but it, I, I do feel for him and it is unfortunate right now that that he's going through that. And I don't think any of the stuff going on publicly is is helping him in that regard. How. Uh... How, first of all, does, do the teams that you guys are on have sports therapists or are some, I don't know if uh, on the women's side, they're completely up to 2021 yet in that respect. Man, don't be taking shots at us. Is that, is it in a, does Fenner have a women's therapist? I mean, I would love to hear that all of the teams that See? All of you are on. Overseas? I don't think do so. No, overseas, I would say no. Mm -hmm. But like for the WNBA, um, well, actually, I don't know about Vegas. I'm sure we do, but I didn't know. We have like a. But you're just so mentally so strong you that you don't. You don't. Man, you don't get out of here. <laughs> nah, we, um, well, New York gave us one in the bubble last year. So they were like, yeah, it's a resource for you. Like, pay for it, use it if you want. Um, so I'm sure if I reach out to someone in Vegas, like, I'm sure I could have got one, but like, I was just happy to be there. So, you know, just excited. You weren't, you weren't, str you weren't struggling too much, I'm sure. But <laughs> nah, I was, I was cool. <laughs> I think especially great. over the last few years, um, I think over the last couple of years, especially, it's been, it's been more of a focus um, in most leagues. Um, you know, or the last couple of teams I've been on, they've kind of had a guy that we could talk to, um, a sports therapist, um, anybody who, you know, they're, they're there for the mental side. And I think that's definitely helpful. And Dallas too. Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely are taken care of here. And it's, it's always funny because, you know, you get to know this new person and you just have to talk to them, but no, you don't have to, but I think, I think it's a great thing, you know, and I think I, what I really learned too, 
it's great to train your mind as much as you train, you know, the, all the clamshells you do, all the glute bridges you do, you, you know, like do that for your brain, whatever. <laughs> but Absolutely. no, seriously, like invest some times in your mental. It is so important just to be strong and when you face adversity like that, to be able to know, hey, okay, you analyze it in your head, you know, you have the tools. They really give you tools how to deal with your life. And I think that's nothing bad. It's really good. And you sh every athlete should have that because we are just in such a physical space that it's easy to lose your mental and not take care of it. That's a quote. So, uh, okay. okay. Well, yeah, that's so that's the second quote that Satu has volunteered to the show. <laughs> I'm uh, glad I could participate for two. So, appreciate uh, it. Last, well, let's just go around. Last thing. Um, what would you like to see done in the Ben Simmons situation? Like, how would you like to see that resolved or or next things moving forward? So, Kia, we'll do. We'll start with you, then Mike, then Satu, and then we'll move on. I mean, I, at this point, I hope that they can find a way to part ways in a peaceful manner. Um, I just feel like at this point, it's a little too late. Like, I don't think they're ever going to fix whatever it is that's broken between Ben and the organization. And I think it's better for both parties if they just go their separate ways, have a nice, easy breakup, and hopefully both people will Ben and the sisters will succeed on their own without each other. That's what I hope for. Trade him to the Jazz? Is that, will you co-sign that with me? That he should get traded uh, to the Jazz? Jazz uh, is, I don't know. More, okay, so let <laughs> me Donovan Mitchell is on the Jazz, right? Yeah, so you got Donovan yeah. Mitchell and you got Bojan, who are good complimentary oh, yeah. pieces for him. You got Joe Ingles, who's from Australia, so you got that. And it's closer to the West Coast. <laughs> that was a priority for him. Not then, you saying all Australians know each other. <laughs> and like, like each other. <laughs> oh, do they, is that, that's the, that's the third quote. These Australians don't get along. Saki Sabu. They all hate each other. Oh, but I man. just think that's right, and you got Go like I, I like their coach there. I think he's like he's good at um helping coach like the mental aspect of sports. Like to me, Quin, like when I see Quinn Snyder talking to Donovan Mitchell, like they're very much on the same page. And then also it's like him and Donovan are kind of the same age. So it's kind of like what the Celtics have, where you got these two guys and you're like, this is our team and we're moving forward with this. And then I also think it would be really good for Utah fans to have to think about their pro athletes differently. Cause I think that fan base is probably the most behind of any in, in basketball, at least about like understanding that their athletes are human beings. Like they can move. So it'd be good for everybody. And then also it gets him out of Philly. My, my idea is like, Three team, you send Gobert to Ma the Mavericks and Porzingis to the Sixers. That would be my trade. But now, huh, now that man, I threw like a big trade, Porzingis out, out of here. <laughs> you don't. Well, <laughs> would you be getting Rudy Gobert? Yeah, no, he's tough. A little French yeah, so. man. Okay, That's I'll co-sign that. Will I'll co-sign Simmons to the Jazz? I'll co-sign. Okay. I want like, to told me. That's not that's not a bad move. I don't know how it's gotta get done, but I think something's gotta get done. Like I agree. I don't think I don't think they're gonna really find a healthy resolution in Philly at this point. Um I think it's spiraled way too far out of control now. So um however they gotta do it, I think it probably is in both all their interests to to part ways. Um and I hope they can find a, like a healthy resolution, a healthy way to do that. Um and obviously that's a that is a, a discussion that they gotta have. Um but I, I think that's the the honest truth is, you know, he's he's probably done his days in Philly. That's for sure. Um, 
I'm like, I'm an optimist again. I'm so annoying. No, but I do think, <laughs> I think like if they really want to make this work, I don't think Philly's just going to give him up. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be trades because as soon, you know, when you get a Ben Simmons now, you bring all that media attention to your team. And either you have a good friend on another team who's like, shit, we'll, we'll make this work. We're going to do this. We'll go through it together. Okay. Um, I don't know if anyone is willing to do that right now, even on a team basis, you know, because you you invite kind of that drama in. You're going to be the hot topic on ESPN. Season started already. I think what Philly should do is really lock in, first of all, on their own season, pipe down the media, let all that die down, like really pipe down the media, Philly. What are y'all doing? Everything is being leaked. Every, <laughs> no protection for your own player. And if you want him in practice, back him up. You know, like I wouldn't want to be there if I'm being bashed everywhere, if if people don't have my back. But then I don't know, like, did they meet? Did they not meet? At what exactly happened there? I think there needs to be a lot more conversation around problem solving rather than, oh, everything is shitty right now. And then after it died down, if Ben feels like he can, you know, if he really says his mental health, and if he is struggling mentally right now, give him a break. Give him a break, let him rest, let it die down. And when it comes back up again, he needs to be strong enough to face his own demons. You know, like when he steps on the court, it's not gonna be easy. But if you change that narrative, in my opinion, you know, all we have in mind is bend in practice. What if he finally practices again in a good with a good mindset of destroys the, you know, like that's positively speaking. But I don't think all this trading stuff is gonna happen because people don't wanna deal with it. And I think Philly needs to grow up low key and be in a professional organization and have the back of their player too. dim down the media because what is going on and then just try to do it better. But it's a business, so who am I to tell? <laughs> you just told the Sixers to pipe down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the Muhammad Ali coming out a little bit. Oh, no, but I mean, his Philadelphia like, needs to grow up. That's the fourth quote. No, no, that's not the quote because I do also think that he has a lot of teammates who want to win a championship. You know, Embiid is an amazing player and he, it's unfair for him too. You know, he could win a championship. So he needs to, I think, I just want the best for that team as well because I did watch some games mm -hmm. last year and they look good. So it would be just wasted talent for me and Philly needs to see that too. It's wasted talent if they keep dwelling on that drama, keep losing money and there's no step forward. No, I, I mean, I'm big fans of both those guys. And I think, but I do think part of it is that they're, they're both not playing their ideal style of basketball because they are teammates. And I do think that's mm -hmm. a big part. Like for me, philosophically, like, Porzingis and Embiid kind of have similar basketball philosophies, like mm -hmm. be able to bully guys, but also be able to shoot where Simmons is like, he wants to run, but also play some center and play some small forward on defense. Like they're, they're both really interesting players, mm -hmm. but that's why I would also like to yeah. see both of them in their ideal basketball situation. Another thing about the jazz, think about this, uh, Donovan Mitchell mentored by Dwayne Wade, Ben Simmons mentored by LeBron James. We could have, like a heat in Miami heat rerun in Utah. <laughs> think about how weird that would be. Like so you I, I think you forcing it a little bit. You forcing right, it a little I'm bit. Like, <laughs> Reach a little bit with that one. Yeah, you got, did you stretch before that one? Cause come on. Okay. Well, you know what? Luckily this next topic is the last topic. 
Uh, and I, I really appreciate this guy for, for doing this because it gives us something really fun to talk about this week. Kawhi Leonard dropped an album. It's called Culture Jam. Culture Jam, the album, volume one, which means maybe there's more coming. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the track list real quick. First song, he's opening with a song featuring NBA Youngboy and Rod Wave called Everything Oh, yeah, that's Different. a vibe. Second a song, vibe already. Gunner and Polo G waves what? third song lil uzi vert thankful fourth song, fourth song kia kia are you ready for this fourth song yeah a boogie and capella gray called bestie fifth yes, song a boogie with the hoodie album right now yo it's on apple music i'm about to get it too fifth yeah. song stefan dunn wale ty dollar ty dollar sign gotta have it sixth song young blue nle chopper everywhere you go i think i'm Probably the only only NLE Chopper fan on this podcast. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, and then really ending like with you like him too. All right. So mm -hmm. last song, Blue Bucks Clan. No, thank you. That's the only artist I don't know is is Blue Bucks Clan. Uh, let's he has talk to be good. It. Yeah. So just here in the track list, real quick, which artist are you most excited about on the new Kawhi Leonard album, part one of what will be a body of work? <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm looking forward to the first one. NBA young boy, then he just get out of jail. So, you know, that's <laughs> gotta have some vibes in there. And uh, A Boogie with the hoodie, that's my guy. So, this already got two, it already got two stars on here. I know, I'm looking at that no too. Way. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm most excited for Wale. I can't lie. Wale just dropped that album and uh, yeah. he's kind of back in, back in full form. So, I'm, I'm most excited about Wale and maybe uh. Maybe the Gunna Polo G song probably gonna be a vibe. Too. Yeah, that's what that's I. That's one of the with. stars. Yeah, it's got yeah. the star. Does this yeah. give any that's guys ideas about maybe dropping an album or a mixtape or a single or something? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, yeah, if I have to, I have to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Not okay, keep up. What you gonna do, I Turkey? Know, <laughs> I didn't know Kawhi was in that space at all. So when he dropped that. Um, like it was a surprise to me. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I didn't know we he was in that. We should have known. He was in the background space. of the Way Too Sexy the, video. I saw him in the video. I, was I didn't think I didn't think he was over there producing albums or nothing, though. I did not know that. <laughs> I feel like but he's no, seen a mystery. Right. I, yeah, that's how you gotta do it. Nobody knows anything about him. That's perfect. That that is a funny thing about it. Like everybody's kind of trying to surmise his personality based on these artists who are all a lot younger than what I would have imagined. Like if I'm imagining the Kawhi album, it's like Kendrick and Cole and those guys, but this is a different generation. Right. Right. For sure. That's very true. That shit gonna be funny. I'm about to listen to this when we get off this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Definitely right? I think it's gonna be fire. I think that is funny about Kawhi. Nobody knows nothing about him. Like, I don't think you could imagine his, his personality. Um, Cause he doesn't really show you too much. So it, that's what I did like about it, though, it being a surprise like that. It's like, man, these guys have a lot more depth than than you know, right? There's a lot more going on behind the scenes than than you all hear about. So it's like, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't know he was out there promoting or producing albums or doing any of that. So, so, so until we drop an album when you get here or what? Uh, we still got to work right on here. our TikToks. We got to do this, this, this. <laughs> Music. Yeah, let's, oh God, these, let's go right to oh, there. Let's TikToks. uh, what, yeah, talk about your TikTok channel. No, no, They're talk terrible. about your TikToks, and then we'll we'll all give our Instagram, and we'll get out of here. TikTok is terrible. I don't even. I feel like it's a more public version of Snapchat, and I'm not ready to post expose myself like that. <laughs> but it's funny. I love it. 
I love it. But I we, really like my older year, brother on Instagram. <laughs> I was gonna say last year we um saw two made me download this stupid app. And then she would send me all these videos and we would try to make them. And they just would never work out how we wanted it's to It's hard because it's really hard. Our like little, on Instagram, you take a picture and post it. Yeah. But our little Turkish fans, they be into it. They be getting mm -hmm. us some likes. That's about it. I feel like we hilarious, but apparently the algorithm don't want us to win because but I mean, thousand views and that's it. <laughs> I think you really just got to... You know, I feel like it's such a difference, you know, if you really want to be an influencer, because all we see is influencers, you know, if you really want to be an yeah, yeah. influencer, you need to post like three, two videos a day. Sedona, my teammate oh, from nah. Oregon, it's her work. Oh, nah. She makes money out of it. So I guess it's it's a long way to go, but kids these days, we'll man. Try. Well, did, did Kia tell you that we're going to take some of those TikToks and Put them on the no. Balls Life channel and oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so, I know I forgot that's to send good publicity. Them to them. That's my bad. Yeah, so <laughs> so we might have a few more likes on those. Sure, oh, yeah, we'll you get should just do it instead of one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> that's our breakthrough, Kiki. You right? We just need one. We just want need one Small video steps. to break the internet. Yeah. That's it. Small steps. We wouldn't even keep up with it. Yeah, you right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We have so many ideas like, oh my God, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And we never do it. Because every time we have an off day, we're like, all right, what you want to do? <laughs> Nothing. All right, cool. Let's just watch a movie. Like, oh, let's go to the mall. How long like, is each TikTok doing everything take? but TikTok. Because you guys film like multiple location TikToks. Yeah, that's true. Because we're I mean, advanced could be like easier. <laughs> Fine. We're complicated <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, depending on the video, sometimes... To edit like we did the Kim Possible one, to edit that took so long, I feel like. Like it's hours. really the editing, yeah. Yeah. And it, we didn't even do any like crazy transition. You know when they move the camera and their head goes back in the shirt or like, you know, whatever. We don't even do anything like that. But I we sound so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. But yeah, it takes a while. I'm gonna get better at it. I say that, but I haven't been on TikTok since like last year. What's the what's the name of the channel? And then we'll we'll talk. We'll just give our Instagrams and stuff. Sato and Kiki, I think. What is it? I don't even or Kia? Are you sure? No. I don't know. See, I don't. Even... I think it's and Kia. <laughs> I think it's Sato and Kia. So S A T O U A N D K I A H. Yeah. And, uh, and Kia, where where can they find you on Instagram? Instagram, kstokes41, and Twitter, kstokes41. And Mike? Hit me on Instagram, MikeMulder11. And Satu? Satu underscore Sabali. Thanks uh, to everybody listening, and thanks to the three of you for coming on. All day. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.